Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. It is Divisional Round Weekend. This is the weekend. I mean, this this is the stretch that we do this podcast for. Chiefs playoffs are about to kick off. I'm joined by Josh and John. Guys, how are we feeling? Nervous. Feeling good. I'm feeling excited. Uh, I Patrick Mahomes undefeated in the divisional round. True. Hopefully that continues. Um, and yeah, we can start looking on to the bigger boys coming forward. But we do need to take care of business. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that's what the whole mindset is in Kansas City right now. Everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to travel to Atlanta. Like, I'm getting my hotel booked. I'm like, let's first get past Jacksonville. This is the mindset we had against the Texans. And we went 21 nothing down pretty fucking quick. So... With that being said, I would not like to see another 21-point comeback, but 24. instead just kick the shit – or 24. Yeah. Instead, I'd just like to kick the shit out of Jacksonville. And and it is important to note that we we, we did almost lose to the Browns the next season. Yeah. Um, that was so, kind of, <laughs> you know. We, we haven't – Mahomes, besides that Colts game, hasn't breezed through a divisional round game. Well, the Browns um, game all- was like – cruise control until Mahomes got concussed and then it was yeah yeah until he got the concussion and I mean there were a few drives where the defense I would say struggled pretty significantly but you know we got the Daniel Sorensen fumble and everything worked out thankfully it's the playoffs man it's not supposed to be easy um yeah I mean look there's a few things we'll get into uh, about Chiefs and Jaguars uh are there any games specifically that you guys want to recap from Wild Card Weekend or any takes you have from Wild Card Weekend? Uh, I want to talk about Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what? Yeah, we. I, how could I forget we were going to have a celebration today on the podcast for that? Um, Rip Bozo is the, the right way to start that. I mean, he might come to the fucking AFC West, so. Good, good. I, I honestly kind of he hope can't that. throw the ball like the don't don't look at his three hundred fifty one yards passing and two touchdowns. Actually, go watch the game and then realize how shit he was. Bro, it's the same thing that it's been his entire career. If you get pressure on him, he is so useless. The now quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. If you get pressure on them, they can extend the play. They can get out and make you know do they can do something. They can create something out of nothing. Tom Tom Brady can't. He never has been able to. If you get any sort of pressure on him, he throws it like a little girl. He just like throws it like a bitch and then gets rid of it. Like I I don't care if he comes to the AFC West at this point. The dude is beyond cooked. Yeah. Uh, what do we think happens? Where is Tom Brady next year? A couch or Vegas. playing for a football Vegas. team? Vegas. Okay. Vegas. Here, here, here's, what I, here's what I don't understand though. If you're Tom Brady, realistically, right, and you're playing right now at this point for championships because there's nothing else to play for, um, not money, not – Why the fuck would you go to the AFC? Why, why would you go to the AFC? The AFC – Because who in the NFC wants him? And if you say San Francisco, I'm about to fucking blow a gasket because I literally said, why not stop, start Brock Purdy? Well, you guys freaked the fuck out and said, well, they wasted three first-round picks on Trey Lance. And Tom Brady is dog shit. I would even say Trey Lance is better than Tom Brady right now. And Trey Lance lost to the fucking Bears. In a monsoon for, um, you know, clarification. But, Ugh. yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, you think you talk, uh, question who in the NFC would want him. Um, 
Nobody. I mean, Nobody Tampa. Does. Tampa. You got to remember. Tampa, Tampa that's, that's it. It's like. Tampa would I, take I, him. Carolina would probably take him. But let me ask you this. New Orleans why, would why take come him. back? Why come back? Um, They fired Brian Leftwich. I mean, that, that might be a reason to come back. Um, I'm, I'm just saying in, to the NFL in general. Why come oh, back? Like, I, I think the better question at this point is why not come back? Because I think the biggest reason he didn't or the biggest reason he retired last offseason was because of Giselle. Now that he doesn't have anything to prevent him from, you know, keeping pl- keep playing, why retire? Why would you? He has nothing to do. Just, I mean, I know he has a future contract set up with Fox to be on TV, but I, I just don't see him retiring. Yeah, he's, he has 300 mil ready for him. Again, though, like I said, money is not going to drive this decision for Tom Brady. He has so much money. It does not matter. Like obviously, Maybe he's yes. got that Giselle divorce bag. Yeah, and he's one of the that. few people that is a professional athlete that gets divorced and ends up getting the child support. He ends up getting paid because Giselle makes more than him. So he's living fine. Um, AFC-wise, though, yeah, Vegas. I, I could even see Tennessee going after him. Tannehill's beyond cooked at this point. Malik Willis looked abysmal in his opportunities this year um the, the, yeah, Jet, the, the jets would be the, funny the jets and the colts the jets would be colts? funny i don't think it wouldn't go to the colts the colts are a train wreck the dolphins yeah are that, that would be that would be i wouldn't touch the colts right now with a not even a six foot pole probably like a fucking no. six yard pole <laughs> just spitballing teams that need a quarterback the dolphins yeah. are interesting i know they've verbalized that they're committed to tua but it's kind of you know Remember the Cardinals. It was one concussion away from his career being done. The Cardinals, remember when Kingsbury got there, kept verbalizing, oh, Josh Rosen's our guy, and then what do you know? Draft day, they take Kyler Murray number one. So, you know, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm just saying this. If I'm a GM of a team, I would not take Tom Brady. I'd rather draft a quarterback. I mean, I think that completely depends on your situation. If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm doing whatever it takes to get Tom Brady to come back because there is no backup plan. There is no other option. And they don't trade up for a pick. Trade up for a pick, I guess. But like, you have two quarterbacks that are like consensus in this draft. People really like in Young and Stroud. And then past that, you've got some guys who, and Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. CBS Sports actually just did their most recent mock draft and have Will Levis going first overall. Oh my! That blows my mind. You know, yeah. I, I, it always, dude, I, I, I am like the it. king at missing on quarterbacks, but I don't. Think, oh, it's awesome! And I don't think the funny Will thing is, shit. you you watch quarterbacks so much, and I don't. And I said Justin Fields is one of the best quarterbacks in that draft class, while you suck Zach Wilson's dick. You know, last time is. I checked, you know, one person is. has a starting job, <laughs> and the other one is god awful. It you know might not it even is. be a backup. It is because when I started watching quarterbacks and I fell in love with Mahomes. And you also said Justin Herbert was shit. Okay, yeah. I let, let's let's say all that. I also was a big Russell Wilson fan when he was coming out of college. I was also a big. I mean, Burrow. That's not really saying. Much, not, but was, we don't have evidence that you're. We, you, a Wilson we don't. Fan. We don't. But you say I was a fucking Tom Brady believer <laughs> for all shits. We don't. But I'm just. If I'm gonna. If I can own up to all these ones that I've missed, like let me at least get a few out there that I've gotten right in the past but yeah no i think i miss on these because i i my first like prediction or my first guy that i really liked was mahomes out of college and i remember we were in class one day josh 
I missed. I was totally wrong on Mahomes. I was. I said some shit like he could be top, and this was before he had ever started. And I said, I feel like he can be top five in passing yards next year. And you did not think that was like even in the realm of possibilities. <laughs> you thought that was wild. But here's this, the problem. This... <laughs> here's the problem is when you fall, Mahomes is such an anomaly that now I watch guys like Zach Wilson who like occasionally make a throw that reminds me of Mahomes, and I'm like, bang, bang, that's the guy I like. So now I got to get back out of that. Yeah. I got to be like pocket. I got to go back to being like, all right, in the pocket. Because even this past year, Malik Willis. Granted, this past year was a terrible quarterback class, um, but I, I liked Malik Willis. It's it's tough. And even even when I've liked pocket guys, like I liked Josh Rosen. Like it, I I've probably. I just want to say. I, would have been I, like I don't times. watch fucking film. You watch film, and I was more right about the 2021 draft class than you. All right, all right. We yeah, we got it. We 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 we've tested who's better at identifying quarterbacks. Now, Mel Kiper the third. You're not. I am. Who do you think you are? I am. With that being said, Bryce Young is my QB one in this class. I'm sorry to ruin that kid's life. Um. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is like you picking the MVP. Like you just obviously. Just and you know, and you know who I picked MVP Kurt. this year? No, who was it? Herbert, twenty-seven <laughs> point playoff lead. Like it's just, I don't actually, even. My coach of the year actually was the worst. I picked Nathaniel Hackett. Like I have a curse. When oh it comes God, to yeah. Is that worse than Joe Judge? Yes. Is, is no. Worse? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. That it is. Yeah, it Joe is. Judge lasted two years. Nathaniel it Hackett. It is. Now Joe Judge shouldn't have lasted two years, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't even have our uh, picks, so. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, like, I was watching the Giants this past week, and I was like, this team is winning playoff games, and a year ago they were quarterback sneaking on third and nine. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, coaching is so. I didn't so, realize how shit Joe Judge was. Coaching is so think, funny. Like, it I is so awesome how much big. better. Brian Dable I think is. Dable deserves a big, big I think, I, In my opinion, Dable, done. and I think this has been a great year for – it's been a year of great coaching on display. Uh, but I, I would say Dable deserves coach of the year. He'll probably get it, I would think. It's got to be him. Giants. Doug Peterson. Uh, Pete Carroll needs to be in that conversation maybe. I, I still this think voted on before the playoffs. Right? Yeah, no, I know. I know. That Doug Peterson has no chance. I would imagine Andy Reid should be in the conversation if we're being, you know, but voter fatigue. I mean, so should Shanahan. You know. Yeah, it's a, Shanahan like, should too. Yeah, it's, but you know, regardless, let's go yeah. on to the divisional round. This is always my favorite weekend of the NFL season. I feel like these are the best games every year. It's full. last year we got a great game as well. Games. Last like, year you they, had four games. You had four games. Every single one of them was a field goal, won by a field goal. Um, and the, the final except, one, and was, then and then the last one was Chiefs in overtime. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is normally it is normally a great weekend of sports, and the Chiefs are going to get the first game of it at three thirty. They're taking on the Jags. The Chiefs are nine point favorites. Gosh, go yes. ahead. Slide this one off. And just uh, be, one, real I'm going to be honest. Real quick. Um, we're also going to do this because we don't have a ton of games. The over-under is 52 and a half. Okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I love Jags plus nine. I think the Chiefs will win. I just love Jags plus nine. Mm-hmm. So, 
with that being said, I'm also going to hit the, the hit the over too. Yeah, I mean, I think that a high-scoring game is absolutely what Jacksonville would prefer in this situation. Um, I think a lot of times the Chiefs this year have just kind of managed games. Um, that's kind of what they did the first time they played Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about the Chiefs. Nine points is a pretty hefty figure. Um, you know, you just never really know what you're going to get from this Chiefs offense um, schematically. Uh, you know it's probably going to be quality, um, but it usually takes a lot of different forms. A lot of times you feel like they're holding back. Um, and I can't say I wouldn't be shocked to feel that way a little bit this week just because you have the heavy hitters on deck. Um, but also, like, I think the Chiefs will just open it up. And actually, I will take them to cover as crazy as it is. Picking the Chiefs to cover is never a good idea. Um, oh, we're fucked. Like but bet Jacksonville money. I know. I know. I know. No, he, bet, we're only screwed if he picks on his lock of the week, which we're not doing. So Yeah, they're not lock of the week. Um, and I don't know, man. I just feel pretty confident. I think the Chiefs team overall is just better suited to win this game. Um, I think really the, the biggest path for victory for Jacksonville is taking advantage of the fact that we have poor tacklers. Um, we don't really have a natural matchup to Evan Ingram. And Travis Etienne can be a little bit shifty. Um, so keep an eye out for that, maybe biting the Chiefs. But I, I am pretty confident they'll be able to pull through um, in a pretty convincing victory heading into conference championship weekend yet again. Yeah, um, I think that the Jaguars used about all of the good luck that they had in them last week. I just can't see them doing anything near that again. I think back to the game we played versus Jacksonville in week 10, I believe. And we was one of the worst games we played all year. We lost the turnover battle three to nothing. We we gave up an onside kick on the very first possession or on the very first kickoff of the game. Which which Doug So I mean I I I would say four turnovers considering the onside kick. Um you know I know that's not counted as a turnover, but I would count that as a turnover. So really you lost the turnover battle four to nothing in that game and you still won by ten. I mean, that's kind of impressive. That's that's pretty insane. So I, I feel pretty good about this. It's tough because it's the playoffs. Jacksonville will have a full week here. It's not like they have anything less. They played last Saturday. But then again, I mean, it's tough to beat Kansas City and Arrowhead. Only one team did it all year. It, I don't see Jacksonville doing it. And Trevor Lawrence is not a good cold-weather quarterback. He is just not. He has not won a game in his career when the temperature is under 36. I think it's going to be 40 and raining at kickoff slash sleeting. Remember, he had remember uh, he had like a fumble issue earlier this year in like cold weather. He went to like Philly and like a couple other places, and he was not playing well. So, yeah, I, I think Kansas City wins this game. I, I think this is probably pretty close for two to three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, I think Kansas City kind of pulls away. Um and I, and I just think see, also, a little different. I think Kansas City comes out in front. I think that's kind of been the way it's worked for us this year as we kind of fade away. But we'll see. We'll see. I think I, Kansas City. I, just, I don't know. Yeah. I think the biggest thing Kansas City has going for them is the health. They're literally the only guy that they aren't going to have is McColl. And they haven't had him since like the Tennessee game. So yeah. it's not that big of a deal. The Jags are pretty banged up. I mean, as any team that didn't get a bye is going to be a little banged up. They have some injuries. They'll be mostly healthy, but also that rest. I mean, look, that rest can be bad, 
for you, but it could also be like the best thing, obviously, that's ever happened to you. Andy Reid off a of bye is very impressive. And also, Andy Reid, and we played the Jaguars off a of bye in week 10. So the Jaguars kind of have to feel like shit for that. That's big. We had to play Andy Reid twice off a of bye now. But what I'm most excited for in this game, I know I've been rambling, what I'm most excited for in this game is I feel like we're finally going to open the playbook up. I feel like each week we've kind of like had some of it and then like we've kind of not been showing everything that we do because we wanted to wait for this exact moment. We knew this is when we were going to be here. I'm kind of excited to see what Andy Reid has cooked up for these playoffs because now, now is typically when he dials up some of his best stuff. So I'm excited for that. I, I my player to watch for this, like kind of off of that, is Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I am very excited to see what he'll do. His biggest game this season was against the Jaguars. He had that touchdown where he like hopscotched down the sideline, uh, and he had that nice contested catch for like thirty yards. Um, I think we're finally maybe going to see a big performance from him this week. I you you see him getting more and more involved, and I am just very happy. Um, with him being on the Chiefs right now. I feel like it makes our offense just that much more deadly uh, when you have a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah, when you look at this game, too, I just think... Obviously, we know how the last game went. We had turnovers galore. It was definitely one of none of our better games. I think that was kind of when we started a little skid, in my opinion, where we just wouldn't play really good games. But we ended the season good against the Raiders. Hopefully we don't see that again against the Jaguars. But the thing you need to be most worried about is, honestly, the way this Jags offense is performing, the confidence they're coming in here with is kind of scary. I talked about, I forget if I mentioned this on the podcast, I'm 98% sure I did. These past three or four years, we've always had these teams where it's like, no one expected them to even be here. We didn't expect the Jaguars to be in the divisional round of the playoffs. If I told you that a year ago, he would have said, what the fuck are you on? We didn't expect the Bengals to be in the AFC Championship last year, yeah, like going into the playoffs. And then whenever we played the Titans in the AFC Championship playoff or in the AFC Championship, we didn't expect them to be there. I just don't want us to be on the wrong side, like how it's been these past three years. And that's kind of my little worry that I'm coming in with is this team has Jaguar, Jacksonville has nothing to lose tomorrow. They don't. Yeah, they're playing with house money. Is basically we're, we have everything to lose. Yeah, and that's and we're, we're going to get into that with some other teams. Like this is, if the Jags lose tomorrow, there there's no pressure. on The hell of a season. It's a there's no what a great pressure season. on Jacksonville. If we lose, it is a catastrophe, and that that's a tough yeah. spot to be in. But that's also a good spot to be in. That just means that higher things are expected of you, and that you're a better team. You can lose, but that I mean that's just it's a better it's better to be us than the underdog. I, we were the underdog that was like, oh, we're happy to be here so many fucking times. And I'm so glad that we're not doing that anymore because it's Yeah, and the team that we lost to a bunch of the times. New England. Was the Patriots. Yeah, yeah it was just like, like well, well, you're not going to beat the Patriots. And now teams kind of feel like that against Kansas City. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I go back to the, the Week 10 matchup. I think one of the keys is why Kansas City won that game. They held ETN to 11 carries for 45 yards. I mean, that that is one of the biggest things that they can do is hold ETN to a very mid-game on the ground. They've got to do their best. And ETN didn't do much in the air, which he's very capable of. He only had three catches for 28 yards. Really, the only guys who did anything in that game were Kirk, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Um, they were decent in that game. But again, though, some of that was in garbage time. The Chiefs got up so much. 
So, so it'll be interesting. In that game, though, also Pacheco had 82 yards, so look for that rushing the football. Yeah, and it was one of the Chiefs' best pressure games as well, if I recall correctly, um, with, like, notably low blitz rate from Spagnuolo. So that is always a way you can manage to get to the quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty confident. All right. Well, I my personal opinion is it goes under 52.5, but I like the Chiefs to win. Um, I'll take, I'll take Jags plus nine. I, whatever. I, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 23, 20, but it won't be that close. I think it'll be, um, 23, 13. And then Jacksonville gets like a touchdown with like 30 seconds left. So Chiefs recovered against the Midwest in your book. What? So it would be an onside recovery to win it for the Chiefs, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, why not? The, let's just make my life a little more frustrating. Yeah, make it one a more. No, 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 no. Not I just mean, but... I just mean we'll we'll have to recover. An onside yeah, 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 situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, that'll be that'll be scary for you. PTSD invoking. Yeah. Like when we right, when I was watching, watching the Tampa and Dallas game and Tampa got that, I was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I was like. Whoop, 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 whoop. I was like pointing at my TV. I was like, wait. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. No, but yeah. I like Kansas City 23 20. Don't think it's that close. Just think Jacksonville gets a score late. All right. Let's move on to Saturday night's game the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles are seven and a half point home favorites. The Giants, since 1990, this is one of the most batshit stats I've seen all week, are 6-0 and against one seeds in the playoffs. Or what? Very Wait, what'd you say? Since 1990, the Giants are 6-0 and against number one overall seeds in the playoffs. Does that include, like, both the Patriots wins? Like, um, has to. I would, I would assume it includes the 15-1 Packers. It includes the 15-1 yeah. Packers. It yeah, I mean, they also, I believe, the year that they won. Probably knocked off the one season. The year that they won in the 90s, they were low. They, yeah, they, they basically, it's their, they're spoilers. That's all they do. Well, well get ready, because I'm taking them to get oh, to 7-0. I am feeling the Giants in this one. Um, I'm not completely off the Giants. Maybe, maybe shit has them in the way to the Super Bowl. Not going to lie to you. Um the Giants win this, then it's easily doable. I mean, yeah, but you obviously look, in my mind, the San Francisco 49ers are still the clear favorites in the NFC. Uh, not to hate on the Eagles. By, like, all the numbers, the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, or one of the top three teams in the NFL. Um, you know, I just don't trust Jalen Hurts, and I don't trust him with a messed up shoulder um, like he apparently has. Um, this team has a lot of weaponry. They kind of blew out the Giants the first time they played them. I don't know. I'm I'm going to go on the risky side of this. Uh, I've been betting against the odds of the Giants all year. Um, not that it worked out for me, but, I mean, I, my head was in the right place, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I will take them. Um, it is a little different. You're not playing Kirk Cousins. You can't rely on Jalen to throw a check down um, in an obvious uh, fourth down situation. But... Yeah, I am feeling it. I'm feeling Dable. Um, I'm feeling Saquon. Um, and Daniel Jones is going to make him back up a truck, um, which is going to be hilarious in the event that they win this game. Yeah, I, 
I love Giants plus seven and a half. I I'm gonna bet the over. I never bet the under, so like never. But that's neither here or there. Um I think the Eagles still win this. I think it'll be a really good game, but give me Eagles. Giants cover. I love seven and a half seven and a half. If it was Eagles minus six and a half, I wouldn't touch it. But that's minus seven and a half. Give me Giants plus seven and a half. Give me the Giants. I'm taking the Giants to go into Philly and beat the Eagles. And I'm sorry, Josh, I'm going to go against you in a low-scoring slugfest. I don't think – I think if the Giants are going to win this game, it cannot be a shootout. Even though they played well last week versus Minnesota, that's in a dome. That's versus a shit defense in Minnesota. Philly's much better. And look, Philly, you worry, did they peak a little early because – Obviously, the Jalen Hurts injury. Jalen Hurts comes back against the Giants' third strings, and, like, they don't look very good, and they needed to win that game. It wasn't like, and the Giants were playing for nothing that game. I don't know, man. The Giants just, to me, they've got some voodoo witch doll that when they get in the playoffs, somehow they make things happen. I like what I'm seeing out of Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley's playing as well as he ever has. And that Giants defense, man, it's it's such a typical Giants defense. You got Dexter Lawrence coming up the middle, creating pressure. It it's shades of the 2011 team right now. I like the Giants to go in and end Philly season. Oh yes, that's what I like to hear. Sunday, Bengals at Bills. Bills are five and a half point favorites. This is the 2 p.m. game, which kind of sucks. This should have been the night game, but whatever. I'm fine with getting this game out. Um, yeah, this game's going to be awesome. Over, under, 49, smash the over. But give me the Bills. I think the way that the Bengals played last week really showed a lot of uh, Achilles. The Achilles foot? I don't know. what's Whatever the Achilles term is. Achilles heel. Yeah. Showed their Achilles yeah. Heel. They were shit last week. They almost got beat by Tyler Huntley. If Sam Hubbard doesn't bat the ball out of a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. we're talking about Bills, Bills, Jags, and we're playing the Ravens. Like, I don't know. Something about this Bengals team just screams that they're not ready for this. Give me the Bills. And I, therefore, think we're going to Atlanta, boys. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Josh on this one. I'll actually take the Bills to come. Um, Look, this is maybe an ill-advised pick because when I set this spread in my head, um, I think I had it at Bills minus four, Uh, maybe even three and a half. I can't remember. Um the thing about this is I've just seen too much about the Bengals' offensive line being absolutely decimated. And the reality of the situation is the Buffalo Bills are uh, 30 other NFL teams. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. So when they play against a terrible but, uh, Cincinnati Bengals defensive offensive line, I expect them to create loads of pressure uh, and make Joe Burrows like, miserable. Uh, I also heard the Bengals are a little banged up on defense. Um, so just as far as health goes. Um, this is going to play to the advantage of Buffalo, if you ask me. Um, Jackson, you're absolutely right. This game should be played at a neutral site. Um, I don't understand why it wasn't, um, but that is neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, But look, the one thing I am going against, something I haven't gone against the entire time this year on the podcast, is I am betting against the horseshoe asshole because we really saw that in action last week. We don't know how many times I've seen a QB sneak and with the other team scoring a touchdown. It's just extremely rare. Um, so, look, things will probably go in Buffalo's favor, uh, or, or Cincinnati's favor. 
the other thing I guess I don't have to put to the Bengals is that the Bills did not convince anyone last week. Um, I think really after the wild card weekend of the four remaining teams, I think the Chiefs should feel the best at some uh, because Buffalo and um, Cincinnati respectively both have some pretty glaring weaknesses that um, should be pretty easy to exploit going forward. Okay. Well, I could not disagree with you guys more. I really like Cincinnati in this game. And I'll tell you why I like Cincinnati in this game. is because Josh Allen is Brett Favre reincarnated and a little taller and a little more, a little stronger. This man has to be, I know Bills fans gotta love him, but he's also gotta be the most frustrating guy to watch if you're a Bills fan. Because I watched this as a Packers fan when I was a very young Packers fan. He either will win you a game doing some batshit crazy stuff, or he will lose your team a game doing some absolutely horrid stuff. It's a complete roller coaster. And in the playoffs, roller coasters don't work, all right? If you're going to turn the ball over three times against the Dolphins, you better not do that against the Cincinnati Bengals because the Bengals will make you pay. Joe Burrow is much more careful with the football. He will make sure to get it done. This is going to be, the to me, that this could be the game of the playoffs. I, I was so excited for this game on Monday night. Obviously, circumstances... Didn't let that happen. It's bullshit that this game's in Buffalo and not at a neutral site. But whatever. I like Cincinnati. I'm taking the horseshoe, Joe Burrow, to get back to the AFC Championship game. And we're getting a rematch of last year's game. Um, and what, one thing I need to say is, I don't know if you guys saw the Joe Mixon comments. Where he was like, it's disrespectful that they're selling tickets to the uh, AFC Championship game in Atlanta for the Bills and Chiefs. That shit's disrespectful. Buddy, they're selling AFC Championship tickets to the Bengals Stadium too. Like, are yeah, you, dude. Like, come on now. Like, if anything like, is disrespectful, if anything is disrespectful to us, cons- to, to assume that the number one and number two seed are gonna lose, like, come on now. Like, Joe Mixon. Now, if you want to use that as bulletin board material, like, fine. fine but like, yeah. just know that it's not actually a thing. Like, no, the bulletin that- board material is Trevor Lawrence saying that Arrowhead won't be louder than Jacksonville that I hope they put that People, on the this always is a, that's always that's a, a narrative every year in the playoffs like it gets old when he says something like that that even sometimes it was call, it was Colin Coward at one point um that's really bulletin board material for the fans not the team yeah 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 the team could give two shits because we're not allowed when that when they play yeah no the fans yep, they, or someone was like well the fans weren't that crazy for the Jacksonville game in week 10 no like, shit, Jacksonville's like, three like, and seven. I was like, it's it was a noon kickoff versus the Jaguars. It was the coldest game all year. It was frigid. It oh, was, it was not oh, colder man. than the Seahawks game. No shot. Uh oh. Okay, no, it was not. It was not. My bad. I forgot. The Seahawks game was cold. I was about to say I was at My the bad. Seahawks game. I was freezing. Yeah, it was the second coldest. It was. It was. Um. It was the kind of game that you needed the. Uh, uh, some help warming up. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Some help warming up. All right. So we got one more game left in divisional weekend. And the NFL just, it, it always seems to happen. This is what the matchup is classic as it gets. The Cowboys <laughs> at the 49ers. The 49ers are four point home favorites. You just, uh, the over under for this game is 46 and a half. You just know this game's going to be a banger. You just like, Somehow this is going to come down to the last two minutes. The Cowboys are going to lose in some funny way. You just know this is coming down to the last two minutes. Dude, I mean, just with the history. 
I'm very much a believer that they will like look like they're going to win this game for a significant portion of it. Um, <laughs> but they will not. Um, I will take them to cover four points, but I'm just a little too sold by San Francisco. Um, the one question, obviously, is still Brock Purdy. Like, I'm not completely convinced that if a situation arises where all the things that Shanahan does and all the things that Debo Samuel does to just make them an unstoppable force on offense breaks down a little bit and Brock Purdy has to, has to make it happen on his own, I, I don't have any trust in that happening. Um, so creating that situation should definitely be the goal here for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, the defense has been pretty rough recently. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Niners. Um, but I, I think it'll look like the Cowboys have a good shot for the majority of this game. Yeah. Uh, give me, oh, I'm going to be so dumb. I'm going to be so fucking dumb. I've never trusted this 49ers team. Give me the Cowboys. What? Oh my God. I don't even mind Whoa. that you're taking the 49ers. You've never trusted this 49ers team? Or I don't care that you're taking the Cowboys. You've never trusted this Niners team? I just trust never trusted them in <laughs> Fuck, you're right. Give me the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Everything I said, I totally forgot who was behind the coach and gave me the 49ers. If Mike McCarthy just doesn't inspire confidence in me, and Jackson, you should know as good as anyone. Like, he's garbage. And it's just so funny that the Cowboys are so talented, yet they're married to this absolute beached whale at head coach. Beached whale. I, I, he blows my mind, dude. Yeah, and I saw uh, Colin Cowherd this week is like, are we sure that the Packers have won the divorce? Like, look at how good the Cowboys are right now, and the Packers aren't in the playoffs. And I was like, Buddy. no, no, the, was, the Cowboys like, front office. I was like, Buddy, I was like, we're not doing this right now. <laughs> I was like, Rodgers has won two MVPs. They've been the one seed like twice. Like, we're not doing this. But anyways, yeah, I think it could come down to Mike McCarthy. I think. I mean, if it comes down to it, I trust Shanahan more. And it's not even crazy to say that, like, do I trust Dak Prescott in a big moment more than Brock Purdy? I think I trust them about equally. I really don't think that Dak Prescott has ever done anything in a big moment to make me think, like, oh, yeah, that guy in a clutch moment will come through for you. I, I don't really see that. I and not, I haven't seen that out of Brock Purdy either. But that's why I'm saying I, I'd consider it pretty even. But the difference is San Francisco just has a god squad on offense. They've got Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, great offensive line. Uh, even Elijah Mitchell as a backup running back. And, of course, you have a genius play caller in Shanahan. It's and, hard for uh, me to pick. D'Amico Ryan's doing a great job as a D.C. It's hard for me to pick against this 49ers team. I said it so early in the year, even when they lost to the Chiefs and the Chiefs routed them. And they fell to three and four. They've been my favorite to come out of the NFC this year. I just think they have the best roster in the NFC, and they might have the best roster in the league. So give me San Francisco in this one. I like the under in this game. I mean, they're pretty much undefeated with Christian McCaffrey when he <laughs> has much, a full yeah. week of training. Yeah, I mean, going into so. that 49ers game, I, I know we routed them, but I was like, that was a game I thought we were going to lose because I was like, this San Francisco team is tough. And I think I think if we played that game again, there's no shot we're beating them by twenty. So oh, absolutely not, zero so, percent chance so, there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I think honestly, you could, I and this could be a stretch, but you could say Brock Purdy's better in that offense than Jimmy Garoppolo. The thing Brock Purdy does is he doesn't make the mistake. J Jimmy Garoppolo would give you one to two throws a game where you're like, geez, 
Like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing that ball? But Brock Purdy really hasn't done that. So I think San Francisco right now, as long as they don't turn the football over, they're, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. Yeah. Uh, do we do race for the 10th seed real quick because I got to get going? Sure. Although All your right. Kings are nowhere near the 10th seed right now. No, they are not. I mean, does that mean we keep race for the 10th seed, keep going, even if the Kings don't get in the play-in tournament? I think race for the 10th seed is done until the Kings make the playoffs. No, you said, no he said, Josh always said that once the Kings make the play-in or they make the playoffs, it'll end. We okay. won't do it anymore. Okay. But they haven't, so. Yeah, there's a lot of time. Yeah, they, ha- they, they haven't. They have not. They're nowhere near that. I mean, they I've are. Seen, they're four I know games, the Kings. Four games, they're back in the play-in. Yeah, they have a huge game tonight against the Thunder. It's a uh, it's a big game to take another game ahead. But, alright, here we go. Number 12, Damian Lillard, you're a fucking bitch. Jackson, I listened to your last time you did, uh, whatchamacallit, race for the 10th seed. I don't care that you give two shits that Damian Lillard's one of your favorite players to watch. Number 11, man, they were almost, they were bright. They were bright. I mean, it's in their name, but now they're fucking dark. They're as dark as the fucking moon. It's the Phoenix Suns at number 11. Number 10, Josh Gritty, it's Josh Giddy in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number nine, this team has won five games on the road. That's fucking pathetic. It's the Oak or fuck, Jesus. It's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Number eight, it's America's most favorite team, and it's John Alvey's most favorite team. It's the Los Angeles Clippers. And number seven, I like Popeyes. No, that's not racist. It's Anthony Edwards in the Minnesota Oh. Number six, how the fuck is this team here? I mean, they're 500. This tells you how bad the West is. That's why the Kings are doing somewhat good. Floyd Markinen's fuckhead in the Utah Jazz. Number five, this team's starting to pull ahead. It's the Mavericks. We're going to skip four because they have the biggest bust in the NBA history. Oh, no, no, no. Keep that same energy. Oh, I know, I know. know. (laughs) Number four... Number four, it's, yes, the New Orleans Pelicans. And number three, it's... Ah, it's the Sacramento Kings. Like the pissing bean. I'll say yes, this. Like the, bean. the Pelicans since Zion's been out, three and seven in their last ten. But, huh? but he's a bust. Oh, yeah. But he's a bust. I, no, I said Zion wasn't a bust. I said Zion wasn't a bust. My D4 of the week is Jake Garcia's parents. They got a divorce for a year so Jake Garcia could play f- high school football in Georgia for a year. Who the fuck divorces for a year for their kid? <laughs> is like, that the dude that transferred to Mizzou? Yeah, it's weird as fuck, but yeah, that's my D4 of the week. Jesus. Like, divorces, I guess you can say, are my D4 of the week. Okay. So, all right. All right. I will catch you guys. I'll catch you guys later. All right. Since you're going to leave, now we can get the Mizzou hater out of here. It's time to talk no, about no, no, Dennis. We can get the Dennis hater out of here. It's time to suck Dennis. 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 If we beat Bama tomorrow, Dennis deserves a blank check. I'll say that. Now we're going to get our asses already. kicked. No, I'll tell you what, dude. We are going to beat Alabama because I can't be at the game. All right? Every time I think I want to go to the game, and I don't, and it's only happened twice, and this is obviously the biggest game that it's happened for. The other two were Kentucky and Arkansas in football. But we're going to win, and we're going to rush the court because I'm going to be at Arrowhead. Like, that's that's where I'm standing with this. Um Look, Bama has a guy that supplied a murder weapon that just got kicked off the team. They're yeah. they're they're frazzled. They're frazzled. They they can't take 
the onslaught Dennis is about to send their way, um, yes. and they're screwed. I, I really need Noah Carter to be there tomorrow. <laughs> that that is yeah. like a non-negotiable. I need Noah yeah. Carter to be healthy yeah. play tomorrow. Yeah, uh, seriously. I'd say like man, that win versus Arkansas is so big, man. Like getting that W is so big because it creates for an opportunity. Because our schedule is brutal. You've got number four Bama this Saturday. You get a break, not even a break, because you got to go to Ole Miss and. Well, Ole Miss isn't a very good team. Mizzou is yet to win an SEC road game. And then you get Iowa State. We beat Ole Miss last year. We beat Ole Miss three times last year, yeah. And then you get Iowa State, who is having a tremendous season. They're one of the best teams in the Big 12. So two of these next three games are just brutal. But Mizzou, man, like the amount of ranked teams that they've played this year, I feel like it's even more than last year. And and obviously we were terrible last year, but – We've played, at the time, number 6 Kansas, number 16 Illinois, number 19 Kentucky, number 13 Arkansas, and then number 25 Arkansas. I mean, we've played five ranked teams, and, and we're in the middle of January. And we're 3-2 and two in those games. Yeah, and we're 3-2 so... and two in those games. And we're going to play Bama, who's 4, Iowa State, who's 12. We still have to play Tennessee, who's 9, Auburn, who's 16. Obviously, they might not be ranked at those times. but LSU. Yeah, LSU's not ranked, right. but yeah, I mean, we've got... Really, I'm just like, I, in my opinion, that, that win versus Arkansas makes the path to the tournament just much more, much more possible. Oh, huge. It, it huge opens it up a man. lot more. Because you've got home game versus LSU, if you can pull that out. You've got a home game versus South Carolina, you've got to win that. You've got a home game versus Texas a and that would be a nice one to win. Home game Mississippi State, I'd like to beat Georgia. Home game Ole Miss, like... Really, the toughest part of our schedule is was late December and right now. Once you get yeah. to, once you get past Valentine's Day, where you State. you go to Auburn on Valentine's Day. Once you get past that, oh, yeah. it's not bad. Your last one, two, three, four, five. Your last five games shouldn't be versus ranked teams. It shouldn't be terrible. And then maybe you could win a tournament, an SEC tournament game. But yeah, I mean, regardless, yeah. they're in a good spot right now, and those. Um, you know, you hope, and the hope, honestly, is that Kentucky starts playing better, so that win looks better because Illinois has started playing better, and so now that win's starting to look better. You know what I'm just so cautiously holding out hope for is that Isaiah Mosley actually makes his way into this team. I, mean, I really think that guy right there, if you give him a run of games, he's going to start doing nasty things. I mean, he didn't play terrible. You, you just, I mean, uh, he played. I thought he played decent. On, oh, I uh, thought he played great. I thought he played perfectly fine. Like the he took a lot of good shots, got himself good shots, um, solid defensive possessions. Um, just, just clearly rusty. I mean, whatever it is that happened, something he hasn't played. Yeah, pretty much the whole year. And I feel like once you get him in those games, he's going to start contributing. Ideally, um, but you have to wonder how much him playing was just a byproduct of Noah Carter being. In the health and yeah, I mean, once protocols. I saw that, I was like, I I sent you guys a DM on Twitter. I was like, oh, that, that's oh, Isaiah Mosley's going to play, just because they really. And he played quite a bit. There, he played about twenty minutes, I think. He played nineteen, twenty minutes, so he played most of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, the it, second it, half he didn't play as much. Yeah, he it, got it, like it was a big win for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say. Really, Mizzou was kind of reeling a little bit. They had lost to Florida and Art. Uh, they lost to Texas A&M in Florida. They needed to bounce back, especially with Bama coming in on Saturday. So it was a big-time win. Yep. And 
as we're recording this, they're still undefeated at home in the SEC, which is a big deal. Yep. Their only home losses it, it to Kansas. Boosts. Yeah, yeah. So, it's which, it's just such a clutch win. It's which, it's very important when you start getting into the bracketology and all that as we run down the season. And what, no matter what, Penn Gates is killing it, man. Like yeah. it is crazy. Um, and like the one thing that I was going to be extra mad about having not won that game is just the night before. K-State beat KU, like, in their first yeah. game against them with their head coach. Yeah. Um, Jerome Tang is absolutely killing it. Yeah. Um, you didn't need me to tell you that. <laughs> um, it, it is really weird um, that we're in a time where um, I, I think we're going to be uh, – I don't want to speak too soon, but I don't know the last time that K-State, Mizzou, and KU all made bowl games and all made the tournament. I, I am cautiously holding out hope that will happen again. Because um, I think at this point, the limiting factor there will be if Mizzou can slip in. Um, and that win over Arkansas was so huge, just massive. Um, you had to have it. They just need to really take care of business in those easier games at home that they have down the stretch. Um, yeah, I, I think if they go, they've got, let's see, I'm just going to map this out. If they can beat Ole Miss on the road, if they can beat LSU at home, South Carolina at home, a&M at home, Mississippi State at home, if they can win at Georgia, and they can beat Ole Miss at home, that gets you to 21 wins. That should be a tournament. That regardless of I don't you, even think you need 21. I think 20 gets you there. I, I Regardless um, of how you do in the SEC tournament, I think that gets you in. Yeah. And I have and them losing. In that, in, that, in that hypothetical, I have them losing to Bama, Iowa State, at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Auburn, and then at LSU. Yeah, I like our. I I would like us to win one of at at Mississippi State at Auburn and at LSU. Well, I have I have, I have really, the Mississippi State and LSU at home. I have them splitting. No, I'm talking on the road. Still yeah, one of those road yeah I, I could see Mississippi State on the road. Like Auburn, maybe. I could see LSU on the road as well. LSU, um, it, it it depends. Never you know. know. I have to. You they know, pulled it's, some it's, really. They haven't gotten blown out of the building yet. You know, like besides KU. KU, yeah, um, that was the only game they really KU, and then like. The A&M game was weird because they got their ass beat in the first half. They came all the way back to make it like four points, and then they got destroyed again. It was yeah, and I just remember there was a point in that game when we were down ten points and we were two of twenty from three, and it was like, man, if we were just four of twenty, five of twenty, yeah, like if you could just do anything, this would be such a different story. Um, And look, I think that's kind of the reality with this Mizzou team. Like they play some really good basketball. I think they get a lot of looks. The offense goes through stretches where it really feels like they don't know what they're doing. Um, and that can become frustrating because the defense only goes through stretches where they look like they're serviceable, whereas the rest of the time it's kind of difficult to watch them on that end for. Um, but that is one of the consequences of playing small ball in the way that we do because I think a lot of base ground. Uh, just an inability to rebound, unfortunately. Um, but very exciting, very exciting. I have I have enjoyed the hell out of this season, and I assume you're out there, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like all you could have asked for out of this season so far is just be competitive again. Uh, you know, like coming into the year, I wasn't even asking to beat our rivals. I wasn't asking to beat Arkansas. I wasn't asking to beat Illinois. I wasn't, you know, I didn't expect to win these games. 
I, I didn't expect to make the B in tournament contention at this stage. I, of the yeah, season. I, I was just expecting for those games to be tight, or I was expecting to have you know at least a little bit of a competition because last year Illinois destroyed us, Arkansas destroyed us, Kansas destroyed us. I'd I'd guess the only thing that was disappointing this year was that Kansas destroyed us, but I think Kansas destroying us was in in a season's view a good thing because it really felt like that the team ever since then has been much better. They've been different. Yeah, yeah, and they answered that loss of Um <laughs> the UCF game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, though. I, I truly believe this. I just This is just the way sports can be sometimes. I truly believe that UCF buzzer beater changed the entire trajectory of the season. Oh, I mean, how could it not? It's, I, th- I think it's if such they, a big difference. I think <laughs> if they lose that game... I, I don't know if they go into Illinois and beat Illinois. I don't know if they, you know, I, I think everything could be completely different. It's just wild how one shot can really, you know, make a huge difference. Yeah, and the thing about that shot, too, is I think uh, my feeling of that game was that it was really going to be a bummer to lose because, like, it felt like we were the better team. Yeah, we played like well. Like, it genuinely did. Yeah, and we played well. Just really, a lid got put on the basket down the line. Um, and then we smashed right through it at the yeah. buzzer. Yeah. So, yeah. This, that, this that, has you been know, good. That's, that's one of those shots. That's like It's one of those moments that are like a program that's been so cursed and a program that's been so bad, they need something like that. They need to have a play like that. They need to have a moment like yeah. that to turn the tide. They need something where they can be like, okay, you know, things are different here at Missouri now. This is we're not the same old Tigers yeah. that are going to lose these heartbreakers. We're going to find some ways to win them. And in the context of the games that were before and after it, like you, you really wanted to get that taste out of your mouth after the KU game, knowing that you had Illinois and Kentucky over Princeton. Um, and yeah, that just great result for this team. Um, it just feels completely different than it ever did under Conzo Martin. Oh um, yeah. I mean, the thing about Kwanzo is, yes, he had a really good first year, but it was handed to him almost. Like, okay, you got Michael Porter Jr. because of a connection at Missouri. And even though Michael Porter missed most of the season, that also brought you Jeremiah Tillman, Jonte Porter. Um, you had Jordan Barnett for the most of the year before he, you know, dumb, dumbly got that DUI before the <laughs> tournament. Um, you know, you got a lot of really good pieces out of that because – of one guy you committing there and a, a connection. And then after that, we and saw Cassius Robertson nev- as well. Cassius Robertson. Yeah. I mean, and then, but then we saw after that, he was literally not able to recruit worth a damn. He couldn't do anything. He was, I mean, think about this. He had a class. Think about being an sec team and your entire recruiting class and transfer class. Everything combined was Jordan Wilmore. That was an entire class. Yeah. You might as well have not recruited. You might as well have just not even have gone out and recruited that year. And Jordan Jordan Wilmore was an absolute class. Jordan man. Wilmore like, is playing at like a D2 school right now. Yeah, yeah. Like he's playing at like Northwest Bumfuck State. Yeah, it, it is unbelievable that that was an entire recruiting class. I give Konzo one last bit of credit for getting Aiden Shaw to commit and then Dennis ended up <laughs> finishing the job. I give him that. But, I mean, godly, man, it was, it was a nightmare. That was, and we already have, for the, the 2023 class, we have four, three four-stars already. 
Yep, yep, yep. And we got, I think we had a five-star visit during the Arkansas game. Um, and, one so, thing, and Dennis yeah. just has an eye for these JUCO guys or these uh, non-Power 5 yeah, we guys. JUCO uh, transfers. He has, the, he has an eye for these non-Power 5 guys like Sean East. Like he was, uh, I think he was JUCO player of the year last year. Guy, and then even just you know guys like Hodge and um, and he brings along Gamillion and uh, yeah Gamillion and like, his guy Golston. Yeah. You know it, it's been it's an interesting. I mean, obviously the one thing you wish he had is height, but it's been overall like unbelievable by him to find the talent. And I, and I think whereas in college football, I think the transfer portal can kind of be toxic. I think in college basketball, the transfer portal is a really good thing. I, and I'm not just saying I mean, that because it's benefiting Missouri. I know it sounds like I'm saying that because it's benefiting Missouri. But you think about programs like Iowa State, who in the COVID year went like 2-22, and 22, hire a new coach, and like, bam, you're right back in it. it. It is like, if a program like Missouri or a program like Iowa State, who are not blue bloods, can get these transfers and turn their programs around quickly, that's a sign that it's working. Yep. And I think a lot of it is, look, basketball – is it's a sport played with very few players. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one or two moves can really make or break Absolutely. a season. I mean, that, that, that's Kansas State right there. Like, they have two massive transfers that have completely shaped, uh, changed the shape of their team. This Mizzou team, like the only people that are returning are Kobe Brown and Bonnie DeGray. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an impressive job. The, the thing I'm looking forward to, I guess, is um, seeing that work to continue. Um, if we want to continue at the level we've been at this year, like we definitely have players heading out the door. Um, so hopefully we can keep uh, spitting out some of that NIL and um, re, uh, replenishing the coffers as we move forward. But yeah, this has been uh, well beyond my expectations. And we should give Dennis a blank check. We should. I agree. Fuck I it. agree. Does yeah. – uh, God, I, know, I don't know – COVID, I say one thing, one of the worst things about COVID outside of the obvious bad things about COVID is now I have no idea about any college player's eligibility. It's just like a toss-up. Does yeah. <laughs> Kobe Brown have another year that he could use? Yeah, I think he does. Uh, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he, could he. Yeah. Yeah, I think he theoretically could. I think the only player on our team that um, couldn't under any circumstances is Nick Honor. Um, he's done. Because I think he's already on the fifth year. Okay. Um, so yeah. It, so that it's, that COVID it's year starting to go away. It is starting to go away. Um. So I'm trying to think. So. Yeah. Okay. So, did the COVID year for basketball? Did that start for freshmen that were freshmen the year? It started. It applied to everyone that was playing during the season that got suspended. So, so not the, the athlete, but it but it doesn't count for the, the next recruits, season. The new recruits also got another year. New recruits. So, that's what I was gonna ask. So yeah. Like, so it's like it's like a five year group of players technically okay. that got it. So um, it, it's I was a freshman in college the year that COVID hit, so I would have been the first class that it hit. So it's the great it's the class below me. They got that, and then your class doesn't have it. Yes. Okay. Yes, that is okay. my understanding. Of that, it. that is my understanding yeah. of it too. But then again, in college football, you can play till you're 25. So, who the hell? Yeah, knows? <laughs> I mean, college football, you're probably just going to get redshirted one way or another. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, oh, this guy's in his ninth year of college football. 
but nonetheless, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we could clear that up because that's always something that I feel like nobody has any idea of what's going on. They're like, oh, he has oh, his yeah. COVID year. Oh, he has his red shirt year. Oh, he has a medical red shirt year. It's like, holy hell. Will you just get a job? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Stetson. Bennett. All right, well, we can, we can ring this one around with one last little piece of Mizzou getting a transfer quarterback, Jacob Sia. Jackson, do you have any read on this guy, or are you just like me and saying there's no way he can be worse than Brady Cook, right? I have, and as we discussed earlier in this podcast, I'm horrible at scouting, but um, I have no read on him yet, haven't had the chance to watch him, but I am under your philosophy that he can't be worse than Brady Cook, uh, because really, like, who is? Like, even Connor Bazelak, who is now playing at, like, a terrible school, is better than Brady Cook. Has he, has he gone on from Indiana? Has he yeah, he transferred from Indiana to another down? school. I forget where he went. He went Ooh. to like he went even further down. But even he Dude, had. Can't a, say I'm surprised. But even he, he had a better year. year than yeah, yeah. In he's, the big he's, okay, so Connor Bazelak is on the Boiling Green Falcons. Bowling Green Falcon. Bowling Green. He's just oh, gone. God. He went from what? What conference are they in? He's went from SEC to is Indiana Big Ten. Um, yeah, yeah. aren't they like Conference USA and then Boiling Green? Yeah, he's, I mean, good. For, I'm, I mean, look, no, no ill fit, not nothing against Connor Bazelak. I liked the guy personally. No, he just really wasn't any good. And that's kind of the same thing as Brady Cook, he's not an SEC starting quarterback. This guy, we'll see. I'm not saying he will be, but look, now you at least have options. Like, you had no options before this, your options were Sam Horn or Brady Cook, and a I guess you would have gone with Brady Cook again, right? Because Brady Cook would have been a senior, and it would have made sense. Although, I would have gone with Sam Horn. But now you have options. Garcia comes in. If Cook struggles at all in camp, or whatever the fact may be, you give Garcia a shot. Garcia hasn't played a ton of snaps. That's why I'm kind of just like up in the air on what to think about him. Also, the thing with Garcia is he was under a new coaching staff. He committed to i forget who miami's old coach was within uh if you remember mario cristobal got that job this past year and yeah from what i've seen on twitter from people who seem to somewhat understand college football that apparently he just did not fit with mario cristobal's offense so mm. i don't know that's probably why he transferred um but yeah that, that's kind of what i saw which makes yeah, sense i mean I'm... if you don't commit to a coach and then you get kind of thrown into his sort of offense i can see that being a struggle and, okay maybe i'm foolishly holding out hope for this like i really look at this guy as an insurance policy that in the event that um sam horn is shit it won't be brady cook i really would like to see it be sam horn i think yeah, yeah. you run the big risk of losing him um and like a lot of mizzou fans answer to that is like we have another talented quarterback coming in but it's like so what? So he can redshirt behind another shit quarterback yeah. again? Like, um, we need to start trying to find our guy. Yeah, like um, what's the what's the what's the name of the guy that committed to us this year? Gabriel? Is it something like that? Uh, oh, you mean the, the wide receiver? No, we got we got a quarterback this year. Oh, didn't we get like a preferred walk on quarterback? Hold on, I'm I'm gonna like, find it. I don't know what you're talking Gab, about. Gab, Gabri, Gabri Johnson. He was a four-star quarterback. Oh, 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 a recruit. A recruit. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Not, a, not, a, not a transfer. Yeah, I also think Drew Locke's brother's coming in, but I don't think he's like a um, 
particularly. Is he going to be like uh, Jeremy Macklin's brother? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jay Macklin, who just like, like, just like oh, well, my brother went here. I guess I'll go. Yeah, yeah. They, they gave it to him out of respect. Yeah, yeah but Jake Garcia I, is still considered a four-star. That's that's the thing that I think is interesting. Is Yeah, he, it just, it's, it saved like, you know, from like, the misery, man. A lot, a lot of those guys, you know, they go in as four stars or five stars. And then when they end up transferring, they get pushed down. It's still uh, 247 sports still has him as a four star and damn near a five. Yeah. I, I like that. I really hope so. I mean, he was the, he was the, in 2021, he was the fifth rated player in Georgia. Like out of everybody in Georgia. That's pretty good. So that's, I mean, he played against, uh, he played against Sam Horn in the state championship. Oh, nice, did. nice. So, I mean, it, it that, that obviously helped out a little bit with our transfer rank because our transfers hadn't been that great. We'd gotten uh, Theo, is it Weiss? Theo Weiss, yeah. Yeah, he's probably been the only guy really that's worth noting. But if you've learned anything from uh, Eliah Drinkwitz, don't expect many freshmen to play. If people are going to play, <laughs> it's the transfers. Like, uh, we have a yep. tight end that we've had coming in for, like, four years now. Brett Norfleet, he's a four-star tight end. Fucking monster, 6'7", 220. He's, he's a beast out of St. Charles, Missouri. But he I think he committed, like, the first year Eli got here. Like, that kid's been like, oh, committed yeah. for a while. Uh, I'd like to see Joshua Manning get reps. We'll see. I, I don't think any of the defensive players that committed are going to get any reps because, like, the entire defense came back. But... Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that's yeah, a good that thing. is the one useful thing. The that's a good thing. Just pretty much got folded across the board. Yeah, I mean, getting um, Rakestraw back, getting um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the safety? Oh, who's never for, heard defensive player's name? Uh, <laughs> let me look it up. I'm completely blanking his name. Um, remembering the two players' names is almost like a waste of time. Remembering, remembering names of your college team is almost a waste of time because there's a good yeah. chance it'll just be good. Well, uh, <laughs> well, like uh, I think Jeff Coates done right. Like he's leaving. Um, I believe he was a senior, if I'm not mistaken. He's transferring. Oh, okay. He he's one of those guys that had the extra year. So, oh yeah, like Isaiah McGuire on the defensive line. I forgot about him. Um, he was pretty good last year. You got DJ Jackson. I remember him. Uh, th- that is Chris Abrams Drain. That's who I was thinking of. He's the DB hybrid. He's he is man. He I is, can't wait to see what they can do with Luther Burden. He is special. Well, both of them, but this Chris Abrams Drain dude is special. He was like a projected draft pick, I think. And so was Rakestraw yeah. to a degree. Rakestraw was probably going to get drafted at some point. But. So. Go back, move your way up them boards. Hey, and get that uh, bigger bonus. It's gonna be good because you're getting a absolute, you know, unbelievable. Almost an NFL ready. You're getting a return, unbelievable return in defensive players, and you're keeping your what I think we all would agree is really good defensive coordinator. So yes, Mizzou's yes. defense. I've said it. I think we said this on a podcast earlier. As long as they are not as inept as they were on offense last year, if they can improve a little bit, they, they should they should be an 8-9 win team. They should. Yeah, well, I mean, they obviously should now that they have someone else calling the plays. That yeah. is for damn sure. And, like, receiver uh, is stacked, too. You've got Mookie Cooper on, on top of Luther Burn. you got L- Mookie Cooper, Theo Weiss, um, 
Is Mookie Cooper? I, I feel like he transferred. Did he not? Mookie Cooper's still here. Who's the guy? There's another guy besides Lovett that transferred. Well, I was going to say Lovett did transfer, but I, I I'm trying to think. Uh, but he, he, after that, I like Makai Miller. If you remember him, he had that big first down catch versus Arkansas to to clinch it. Uh, he he was a freshman last year. I like him. Um, obviously, we lose Barrett Bannister, who was our third down guy. But, you know, I, I like what we got going next year. I think that offensively. It'll be interesting to see what they do at running back. I that, I feel like we have a lot of question marks there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Nathaniel Pete still hanging around? I don't remember the guy's name that played for Truman State that, like, transferred to us. But I'm pretty sure he'll be a fifth-year Hanging around as well. So. Is he transferring us to us this year? No, he, he played for us this past season. I don't remember his name. He had like a 2,000-yard rushing season at Truman State. Um, <laughs> his junior play. year. Just and then just, play here. Yeah. Well, we obviously no, he Cody. did. He did. He's like, was it Schrader? It wasn't Schrader, was it? Schrader. Yeah, it was Schrader. Oh, I think he's out. Oh, he's he is out the door? Well, I know he graduated. Yeah, I always thought he had a fifth year, but I can't remember. Yeah, Cody Schrader took over Either a way. lot of the snaps last year after Pete's fumble. <laughs> his, uh, meltdown. His meltdown versus – well, he had a few, couple. He After the Auburn game, he had some fumbles too. So, <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, well, D4 of the week. Josh already got his out. I know what mine is. You already got one? Oh, I know what it is. Mm. It, it's not going to surprise you. I it's think I know. The Royals front office. Oh, wow. Okay. Dude, does Aroldis Chapman have like a cross tattoo or some shit like that? Why did we sign him? Aroldis like, Chapman I, actually I, might be like the most controversial guy this organization has signed since like 2000. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what about this guy like met what the Royals are trying to do? Like he's not young. He, he doesn't throw strikes. Um, he will be like, 35 he, when the year starts. Yeah, and he had a domestic violence incident involving a firearm. Like, Let's just be I, fucking honest. I, if you're gonna if you're gonna sign that guy, what's stopping you from signing Trevor Bauer? I mean, I, I would tend to agree with you there, man. Like, it, at least it Trevor Bauer is a good young. I mean, not young, but he's a not over the hill starting pitcher that you need. Like this guy is a. You know, you're gonna get something out of this him. guy. Is a trash reliever at this point. He had a unbelievable stretch from like 2010 to 2020. That 10-year stretch, he was untouchable. But yeah, outside of that, he's yeah. the, oh. in 2021. He had a 3.36 ERA, which isn't horrible, but it was a clear tick up. And then this past year, a 4.46. Like okay, so you have and the only like thing I can think of is the only thing I can think of is they wanted more lefties in the pen. But you have Amir Garrett. You have <laughs> just another Amir Garrett too, like a, a guy that's hard to hit but doesn't throw strikes. It, it's like, probably an Amir Garrett who throws faster. And at this point, can he even still throw that fast? I don't know. Yeah. Once again, like, like I, I said, am his... so like confused with this offseason for Kansas City because the moves they are making, you would think, are like a contender because they're signing older pitchers like Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles. Who had his best one of his best years last year had a four four two ERA and that was one of his best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he had um, a one WAR. He has a career negative WAR. That guy is thirty two. I guess that's not you know obviously terribly old. The guy I did like them signing and I 
I remember we recorded the podcast and I was talking about it. I was like, I'd like, to, I'd be interested in Yarborough. And then like an hour later, <laughs> they tweeted out that they signed him. Uh, that one I don't yeah. hate. He's uh, 31. It's not the end of the world there. Um, the, the signings from this offseason that do get me excited is like, I, it's it's the coaching staff. I like yeah, Montreal, yeah, yeah. and I like the guy that they got as their pitching coach. Like, I think his name is Sweeney. Um, yeah, I, I am... I am confident that the people that the Royals have, um, like, put in place to fix our pitching staff are completely up for the job. It's probably uh, going to take it, a couple years for yeah, absolutely. the minors to get, you know. Take a couple years? Why don't we just start getting some arms up here instead of getting around with a raw this domestic violence chat? Like, I, I don't get it. it the only it, it thought I have, and they've tried this so many times, and it's failed almost every time. Is that they sign a guy who has, you know, kind of buy low. They hope he has a really good start to the season and they flip him. That's all I can see this being. Is they hope Araldis starts to play like he did in his prime or somewhat like that. Puts up respectable numbers and they can deal him in like June or July. That's all I see out of that. Like right now you're looking at it. And just from what they've made in the offseason, I think the starting five is Singer, Lynch... For sure. Those two are, like, enshrined. Do you think Yarborough is a starting five? you think he makes it? Uh, probably. I would say um, I would say yes. And then do you think Jordan Miles? I think Miles? we're going to see more Bubich and Coar. Bubich, I, I mean, agree. So there's four. I, I don't know. I think Lyles is, like, a lock to be in the starting five. You don't. That is true. So you, then you, you have to kick out. I'd kick out Coar. Or well, you got Carlos Hernandez. You got... Um, Castillo, the guy they traded Merrifield for, was also throwing some. He was starting a few games at the end of last year. Be interesting. I, the other interesting thing about Kansas City I've been thinking about is position wise. I think you do. Would you do Prado or Vinny at first? Probably. See, I'm of the belief that um, that we should uh, absolutely <laughs> we should absolutely play Prado. Like he's he's as good as a fielder as I've heard. Like play him at his natural position. I, okay. I mean, I I don't know. I would just commit to Vinny at DH if I had to. Depends on what you do at third base then, though, because we have a million infield. Yeah. Um. I, I yeah. So you put Prado there. Who do you put at second? Lopez. You put Lopez at second. Who do you put at short? Mondi. I mean. As of right now, right, you're thinking they're going to put Mondi at short. And then again. Bobby at third. Right? And then Bobby at third. And then yeah. you put Melendez in left? Yep. Kind of have yep. to. And then center's Taylor. And then right is Drew Waters? I sure as hell Because the only other alternative in right field is a guy I would really like to see get designated for assignment, which is Hunter Dozier. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, happen, D, and then catcher is Salvi, and then DH is yeah. Vinny. So that leaves out scenario, yeah. that leaves out Dozier, and it also leaves out Michael Massey, who I'd like to see in the lineup. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, I mean, I don't think it's far fetched that he could take Nicky Lopez's at bats. Oh yeah, yeah, he could. I mean, I'm fine with moving on from Nicky Lopez, dude. I think the guy cannot on, hit the base. I think what they'll end up doing is I think that they will move on from Taylor sooner rather than later this season. They've already been trying to de- deal him, so that opens up center. I think, I think you probably keep Waters and right. Would you move Waters to center? 
I, I mean, I think with Taylor, you have to play him in center, right? Like, I don't know if there's really an option. I'm saying if that. you trade trade Taylor, if you get rid of Taylor. Oh, if you trade Taylor, then sure, sure, absolutely. Waters in center, and then you put uh, Nate Eaton in right? Yeah, uh, that's the other outfielder guy I was thinking of. We brought got, up so many young guys. And then you've got a – who's the other guy? I mean, you've, got to, you've got to start considering some of this is like – they're going to have to start cutting dead weight at the major league level because they are about to have some guys come up that are even guys that did come up a little bit last year that they're going to have to have some room for. Um, I, I just don't see how you don't have Massey on the starting uh, or like Nick Lofton. I, it's probably his yeah. year to come up. Yep. No, you're going to, people are, there's going to be some competition. They have um, so many young guys. Just you got room. Nick Lofton's going to probably come up. Mikel Garcia, who played last year, will probably be up. Uh, Tyler Gentry, outfielder, his ETA, according to the pipeline, is this year. So there, there's a lot of guys that are kind of ready to graduate the minors and hit the majors. It'll be interesting to see what they do with all of them. Uh, Samad Taylor, remember we got him from Merrifield last year? He's not one of the higher prospects, but it, it's just going to be interesting. They have... It's like they have a lot of opportunity. They have a lot of decisions to make lineup wise. Yeah, they absolutely. And I and I don't think it's out of the equation to trade Prado either. I don't think that. I no. mean, if you're trying, I mean, Vinny is the one they're not. I you cannot trade Vinny. He is like statistically, analytically up there with like some of the best players in baseball from what he did last year. Yeah. Yep. He hundred percent is. He is. Uh, he's got the Batman. I, the only thing I don't like about him is his launch angles are not what you want. Not I yet. I don't want to be too nerdy. Not yet. That. But that—that's something that you could probably fix. Um, and the thing about him, though, is he just—he just hits it hard, man. He just yeah, he does. Just unbelievable. He just every out he had. He's was a right line drive machine. It was right at a guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Y'all caught me on a good week because I really don't have a D4 of the week. Um, I guess I will give it to Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss in the Lakers front office. <laughs> because they're unwilling to trade a 2027 and a 2028 pick. Are you fucking serious? They're like, well, we don't want to throw away the future. You already threw away the future when you signed LeBron and you traded Ingram, Lonzo, um, Kuzma, all those guys. You already threw away the future. If you didn't want to throw away your future, why did you sign LeBron? Because you knew that that's what LeBron does. He comes to your organization. He wants to play with veterans. He wants to win now. It's not a secret. He makes it very well known. And you're like too afraid to give up a first and sec- a first or a second round pick in like five years. Because you're like, well, we don't want to throw away the future. You're going to be irrelevant in the future. This is your window. LeBron is playing at one of the highest levels of anybody in the league right now. And you've got to, you've got to, got to, got to get him somebody to go aside with. Because Russell Westbrook is horrid. Anthony Davis has, I mean, the health of, like, I, I don't even know. I mean, he is just more injury-prone than any player I've ever seen. Like, he's worse than Derrick Rose at this point. And then after that, it's a joke. Like, Austin Reeves is starting. Like, no offense. But, like, this is bad. So like yeah, I got I'm beyond frustrated, and I and I've seen people be like, well, what has LeBron done to deserve to like 
get to call the shots in LA. They've only won one title. They've they've only, you know, they they missed the playoffs last year. He's done everything to call the shots in LA because they were irrelevant as fuck before he got there. Even the last years of Kobe, they were terrible. He has done everything to call the shots in LA. So frustrating, man. You see franchises all the time accommodate their superstars. And for some reason, the Lakers are like, eh, you know, sorry, LeBron, this is what you get. You get Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, and a bunch of, you know, nobodies on the court with you. Their starting center is Winyan Gabriel. Who the piss is that? Just, Who the piss is that? Just, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's terrible. They literally are so desperate that they worked out Myers Leonard last week. Myers Leonard. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Good episode here. We're going to try and get the – no, we're not going to try. We are going to get this up before the Chiefs play tomorrow. Appreciate everybody we're for listening. We're going to get this up today. Come on. Appreciate everybody for listening, and we will see you next week, hopefully previewing a Chiefs AFC championship. Peace.